to overcome, succeed in dealing with a problem or difficulty, defeat of an opponent to prevail, overpower or overwhelm of an emotion, adversity, a difficult or unpleasant situation, used in a sentence, resilience in the face of adversity. I want to break free. Welcome back, everybody, to episode number 13, lucky number 13 of the Overcoming Adversity podcast. I am one of the hosts, Blake Cohen, certified addictions professional and best-selling author of I Love You More, available on Amazon. And my co-host is with me today, Amanda Marino. Hi, Amanda Marino here, certified life coach, certified recovery coach, and business development with Recovery Ways. Woo! Diane, girl, drop it like it's hot. So we have a great guest today. This is our first time that we've had two guests on at once, and and they are a married couple. Um, But I'm not going to say anything else. I'm going to go ahead and let Amanda introduce our guests. Hi, thanks for joining us. Um, You know, Blake and I kind of like went to battle on who was going to get to introduce our guests today because that's how we that's how we roll. But I think that I, I punched him in the nose and I won. So I wanted to introduce <laughs> two very special people, um, Kale and Jen. And, um, you know, when I asked Kale about coming on this, on our podcast, I had thought about it for months since we started the podcast, but was kind of scared to ask because it's such, um, you know, a very intense topic, something that I just don't know how someone can get through. And, you know, Kale and I shared a moment on a mountain um, when we were skiing where he had brought, um, you know, some ashes of someone he had lost in his life and let them go. And I was up there on the mountain missing my father. And it was just a very special moment for me because the mountain is where I feel my dad and to be able to, um, you know, to be able to grieve and, and connect with someone else that's grieving. It's like one of those things you don't know. Nobody knows what you're going through unless they've gone through it. So, Kale, thank you for that experience that we had, and that meant a lot to me. Like, I always feel my dad when I'm on the mountain. So I really thank you guys for sharing this with us and for being willing to help somebody that has gone through something similar. So thank you guys for coming on. This is Kale and Jen, a beautiful couple. Um, we're so happy to have you on. Well, thanks, Amanda. And, yeah, it, um, it, that's, it's a pain that you never thought you would ever experience in your life, losing somebody. Well, we, we lost our daughter, Caitlin, and uh, she was our third child, and she was just our she was just a gifted little girl and just our, our pride and joy. And, and um, it, it's hard because when you love someone so much, it's hard to even talk about it now, even though she passed away a few years ago. Uh, just everything that she went through and my wife went through and our family went through together. So, Wow. Yeah. I mean, three minutes in and the tears are already rolling. So this is a new record for the Overcoming Adversity podcast. I know, and I'm the quiet one in the back, and I'm crying. So, um, yeah, it's it's going to be tough, but I think we have a story to tell that might help others. So I, the tears are, I mean, tears of sadness, but it's also tears that, um, you know, there's good memories in, in it, and, and there's growth in it. So if we can help others, I, I think this is this is a good thing to do. So, And that's yes. the whole point. It's so important to put ourselves out there when we've been through something. That's the whole point of this podcast in general is 
people who've overcome serious major adversities that are life changing and talking about it so that they, they can put themselves out there so other people can relate to them and know that they're not alone. So you're, you're, you're doing this as brave as it is to do, you're doing this to help other people. And hopefully heal, you know, yourselves more because it's still very fresh and new. So do you want to tell us like, you know, you know, I know that she was your third child. You know, you both have been married. How you guys had, had a big anniversary not long ago, right? Your wedding anniversary. Yeah. Well, we had uh, our 26th year was last December. Um, okay. So yeah, we got one, we got another one coming up in December here. It'll be 27 years. That's amazing. So, um, so just kind of tell us like how everything started. So, you know, we can just hear, you know, the beginning of your story. So she was your third daughter. Yeah. yeah. Child. You, start, you want me to, um, you go ahead and then I'll fill in the gaps. Okay. Well, she, you know, I, you know, we had two older kids, Brennan and Allison, and uh, they were absolutely incredible. And we had Caitlin and she like made our family whole. And uh, it was just something to see the other two kids just uh, be around her all the time. And, and uh, she would follow them all over the place. And just before she turned two, uh, she caught, this is their best guess. She was never totally diagnosed with anything. Uh, but she, she was having some health issues, I guess you would say she, we thought she was sick. We thought she had an ear infection cause she was always healthy. She was our little girl that never got sick. It was always good. Always running around. And no problems she, until two. Yeah. No. So, yeah. So, so normal, uh, healthy two year old chasing after her yeah. brothers and sisters. Okay. Exactly. What did the symptoms look like? Well, she, yeah, she um, just got really fussy and she started pointing to her head and just crying all the time. So actually I thought it was an ear infection. So I had brought her into the doctor and I said, you know, something's not right. She's my third. She's so happy, easygoing. And something's off and um, they thought it was just something viral and they had sent me home. So through the night she was crying and I of course stormed the office the next day. I said, something's really wrong. This is, I don't know what it is, but she won't stop crying and I'm not leaving this office until we figure something out. So um, they had um, taken some blood work and there was an infection. They weren't sure what it was from. So that led us to the hospital and um, so her and I went to the hospital and as we were there, um, it was just her and me and she just started getting more and more out of it. Like she wasn't really knowing, like I think even when I was holding her, she wasn't even knowing it was me and she was running a fever. And then, so they did a um, spinal tap there to find out you know, what was going on. And about three hours into it, she had a seizure. And when I was there, it was just her and I in the room when she had her first seizure. And I, oh I thought she was dying. So I didn't know what was going on. And I called everybody in. And I had never, ever seen a seizure ever in my life before. So oh, it's it terrifying. was terrifying. Yes. So, oh, it's, um, so it looks like, yeah, it's very, very yeah, hard so to watch. It, and, Yes. Yeah, so at that point, the doctors come in and they tell me it's a seizure. I call Kale at work. He shows up. And that's really how it all started. And then it just kind of 
the story goes from there. Um, it was started out with one seizure that then led into hundreds of seizures daily that we were not able to control. Wow. So, wow. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll let Kale kind of take the story from here, but that's, that's really, we went with a child that we thought was healthy to maybe having an ear infection to, we didn't have answers. Wow. Wow. So, so, I mean, how, first of all, terrifying for you guys, right? I mean, it's your kid there. The kid is helpless. doesn't know what to do. And I'm sure you guys felt so helpless. Yeah. And that's just it. We're supposed to be the ones to fix everything. And um, we weren't able to fix this. And when we first went in, of course, you know, we're, we were always had a positive attitude about everything. Um, we were always, you know, thinking, hey, you know, we're going to get through this. Everything's going to be fine. Um, but then when they flew her down to Chicago, it's like, hey, what's going on here? Um, and then it just didn't seem to get better. And she started having hundreds of seizures every single day. And oh, that's my God. Years. Hundreds? Yeah. Hundreds. Yeah. She was, she was wow. actually, even when her, she didn't look like she was having a seizure, her brain waves were showing that there was seizure activity. And, um, so we didn't know that right at that point, yeah. um, it, we found it out later on because we ended up bringing her home. How long was it, Jen? About a couple of weeks. After Two weeks. Her, yeah, yeah. And then she was screaming nonstop. Mm. Literally. It was almost to the point to where she would sleep maybe an hour during the day and we would take shifts where Jen would watch her two hours and I would watch her two hours. And, she, and we found out later on. Um, much later on that that was actually a seizure that she was stuck in so oh um, man yeah 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 and, and how did you get this, through that what did you guys do to for each other to get through that I think at that point we were in survival mode it, it, it's really like you just do what you have to do in the moment it's I don't think you're thinking past what I need to have happen now but we were still trying to make life normal because we still had Brennan and Allison, our older two. Brennan, when Caitlin got sick, Brennan was um, seven and Allison was five. So, I mean, uh, we were trying to put on a facade that things weren't as bad as they were just because, you know, you, you want them to not be as affected as they were. So, right. and, and a week after we got home from Chicago with Caitlin, my mom had passed away from breast cancer. So I just really oh. was like in the grief of my mom, but I couldn't even really deal with that because we were just trying to A, get through the days with Caitlin. So it, it was a lot going on. I mean, you know, Kale and I, I think we both know what we have between the two of us. So although we weren't connecting at that time because we were just trying to, I mean, he's trying to work, take care of the kids and make everything normal. We just knew what we have and it, 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 it works. And it was like the strength there got us through it. I, I'm sitting here trying to even fathom what emotionally this is like for you and physically this is like, how exhausted you might, you guys must have been. I, you know, I don't have kids and this is ridiculous to compare this, but you know, I had a cat that had a major, and I'm a huge animal lover, that had a major surgery 
that I had to be up with it all the time. And even caring for that and the worry that I'm going to lose my cat, I can't even imagine when you have a kid and then two other children that you have to take care of as well at the same time. Uh, the how did the yeah how did the other children handle all this going on? Um, I'll I'll let Kiel maybe answer that. Um, well, you know, we tried to keep life as normal as possible for them. You know, when they were young, you know, I still coached them in baseball and softball and and just the different activities. Mm-hmm. You know, from what we thought was happening, we thought everything was okay. Um, you, you know, I mean, they would stay at grandma and grandpa's when we'd be in a hospital because we would end up in a hospital for months at a time. And um, obviously, mm-hmm. it was really hard on them. They didn't really, you know, I always saw kids, they were just so good and so resilient. Um, but then some things started coming out later on that we saw that, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. it was an effect of, of them seeing their, their little sister go through all this stuff. And what was and, that? Uh, so just you know when i think when they got older uh, well even allison our our middle one so um she was four years older than caitlin in first grade um when she was in the first grade so this would have been um a year a little bit over a year into caitlin's illness um she um started picking out her eyelashes and because i think it was a stress and it was a release for her stress. It was something that I'd never heard of. It's something called trichotillomania. And yeah. Um, yeah, so she started in with her eyebrows and eyelashes. And, you know, we, I guess I didn't understand it at that time. And I mean, in first grade, she didn't understand it. But I think it was a, a release of her emotions in this whole entire ordeal that she was going through. So, and even today, it's still a battle she has, but it, I think it was triggered due to this. And whenever she does get stressed or sad, she still finds herself in this circle of things. So it's like those things that, you know, people don't really realize. And then what goes along with that? I mean, it was the teasing through school with people like wondering, you know, why she's doing this, why she doesn't have eyebrows, why she doesn't have eyelashes. And you know, Kale and I were trying to, still going on with Caitlin's battles, and then we're trying to understand this. This is a new situation, but it's, that's what, the whole family's affected. It's not just the parents or the child that's sick. It's the siblings as well, you know, right. and yeah. Brennan was the quiet one through the storm, and I he just really didn't talk much about it, but now they're adults. So you kind of find we're finding more things out and, you know, being able to, um, you know, see their feelings maybe through some of this. And that's, that's the thing too, that children are affected through this, whether you think they are or not. And, you know, if we can help other families that maybe can get their kids help, because that's what we ended up doing, having Allison talk to someone to help her through this. So that's one thing I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you that, like, did you guys have support for yourselves and for your kids at this time, you know, and through this whole time, because this went on for a very long time, correct? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, our support was really our our family and our friends. I mean, we got a great support network and, um, you know, but to be honest with you for a long time, we just tried to handle it ourselves. I mean, at least I did. Uh, and that's probably through a fault of my own. You know, you just think you can do everything. And after a while, you realize 
you can't handle, you can't do this, you know, because when the kids were going through this, I mean, they were seeing her sister, she eventually lost everything. She gradually lost being able to walk. She stopped being oh, able to God. talk. She stopped being able to eat. She stopped being able to really do anything over a course of time. And at that time, we were still hopeful that she was going to get better. We we're always like, oh, she's getting better. We would always tell people she's getting better. And then we would see a videotape. We're like, oh, my God, she's, she's gotten way worse, you know, and it would just start ripping at your heart. And you're like, man, this is not, you know, we're talking years time span here. And um, how many after, years, Kale? How many years from when she started to, you know, show the symptoms at two? Like how long did this all progress well, over a period of time? At, at about a year, we were in Cleveland Clinic because we went all over the place. We were in Chicago. We were we went out to Cleveland Clinic after a year after she first got sick because we were we were told they were the best in the world for this. And she, that's where she stopped being able to sit up. I still remember her sitting up in bed and toppling over all the time. And um, then she stopped being able to sit up. When she got home from there, she stopped. She really kind of stopped walking before that too, yeah. and stopped talking. Um, you know, she went down to like one word phrases like mm -hmm. she kind of waddle into her room and get her shoes. And this is a kid that would run around the house and, you know, dare you to come get her and yeah. balance herself on a stool and, you know, on, a, on the arm of a stool. And she was just very gifted, like athletically, I guess you would say, from trying to keep up with Brennan and Allison. And, right. Um, being the little one. Yeah. yeah. So I think from a year from her first getting sick, she quit walking, talking, eating, and um, really I mean, there was nothing. It was almost like she was back to being an infant again. Yeah. So she, basically right away, I mean, within a year, it's pretty quickly, actually. So she lost the ability to do all of that stuff. Um, yeah. And unfortunately, you know, I, you know, we know each other. and We touched on this a little bit. Unfortunately, she eventually lost her battle and lost her life. How, how old was he? How old was she when she lost her life? She was 15. Wow. So, so basically from three to 15, 12 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah, really two to 15. I mean, it started just before mm -hmm. she turned two. And yeah, I mean, she went through everything. She had to get a G-tube uh, eventually down the road. She she stopped being able to really breathe properly in order for her to be comfortable. They put a, um, a trach in her. Wow. And that's when we weren't sure what to do at that yeah. point. That's when we started having, the doctor looked at us at one point. He's like, you guys got to make a decision. Well, we didn't Oof. know at that time you know what we're like we'll just make her comfortable we don't want her in pain we don't want her suffering and then you know even as she got older when she got closer to 15 she started having the other health issues like she ended up having her gallbladder removed um she ended up having severe pancreatitis with the gallbladder situation and we didn't know how much pain she was in the only thing she could communicate to us was through her facial expressions and she, when she would kind of grimace and look at you, she's almost like begging you to, to help her. And uh, when yeah. we were in Madison and in, in the hospital, her heart rate at one time, this is probably about what a half a year before she passed away. Her heart rate was at 170 some beats per minute. Holy and, moly. Uh, so yeah. we knew she was in a lot of pain, but uh, then they finally figured out it was her gallbladder and pancreas. And I mean, there's so much, I mean, we could probably talk yeah. all day about the difference yeah. she went through. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, again, I, I can't even imagine, and I, 
it's so difficult to even think about and to know that she had to go through that for so long and that you guys had to go through that as a family, everybody, including your other children. Um, so after, after the passing, what, what was life like in the house after her passing? Well, um, I, yeah, I, well, I mean, I, I can speak for me, I, you know, and that's the, what Cal and I always said to one another. We're like, we, we can get through this as long as she's happy. When she quit being happy and suffering so much, it was, it was almost like we were praying for her to pass and for us all to be there together as a family, to be able to let go. So in a way, I mean, I say that's a blessing because it was so hard on us as a family to watch her be in pain and not feeling well. But mm. it was such a void in my life afterwards because I took care of her. Right. the whole time so yeah i didn't i didn't even want to get out of bed i mean i think the whole year passed and i couldn't even really tell you what i did um, well jen no. you took care of her solely for all those so, years yeah so it was a void and it was a void of losing her but also what i was about i mean both kids were gone at college so i kind of lost myself um and you know i I think maybe I needed that time to grieve and Kale would always be like, come home from work. And he was like the sunshine in my day. But when I was home, I just, unless he was home, I really didn't want to do much. Yeah. But, you know, I prayed and I, I, and I'm not good. I mean, my friends and family will tell you, they would all call and try and check in on me. And I just, I was bad. I didn't, I just shut out the world. So um, but you know, that was a year for me, but then I told myself, that's it. I, I, I need to get back. She wouldn't be happy with me living like this. So I re-entered the world and you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm a nanny now taking care of kids. And so, and Kale and I are traveling and doing things. And so we're doing better. better. And I, I actually say for the situation we're in, we're doing pretty great so um but there is a time of grieving and i i guess i should have let more people in to help is i think my bet the the downfall of what where i'm at but um well that's learning. a good message for anyone else yeah. that's going through it that like you right. know not to try to take it all on and yeah because people want to help people that love you and care for you and support you want to be there for you in times like that and i i totally get this is your children and and you want to be the ones that do it all. But like, I think that is a good message to people to reach out for help, you know? Yeah, definitely. And I know, you know, like I said before, when she passed away, we watched her have her last breath at home here. And I never thought I would ever experience any type of pain like that ever than when that happened. And it's, it's so indescribable. And when I saw Jen going through what she went through, after that it's just it wasn't jen it wasn't who she was um she's always outgoing and just the type of person that everybody wants to be around and everybody still wanted to be around her but she had shut the world out and i just i would always tell people because everybody's asking how are we doing and i'm like i'm gonna be okay as long as jen's gonna be okay and that <clears throat> that was heart and heart for me to see her go through that like that and uh but she's going to be okay. You know what we used to, 
for a long time when we were going through this, I used to say everything happens for a reason. Well, then there was a long period of time that I thought that was a bunch of BS. And, right. Um, like F that. It, yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, you know it, that saying is just when you're going through some, this much pain, it just doesn't seem right. And one day I started. The guy asked me at work. He's like, "Man, how do you do this? You spend all your time helping people at work, and then you got all this going on at home." And I, I started giving the same BS answer I had always give. You know, hey, you know, it's, we just take it a day at a time, so on and so forth. Which there's a lot of truth to that. But I, then I told him, it just came out and I said, you know, maybe Caitlin's story is going to touch thousands of lives that I could have never touched, that our family could have never touched, but she's going to be able to touch lives that could have never been touched. And maybe that's the purpose of this. For me, it was also when I said that a light bulb went off and I was like, maybe that's it because I didn't think that for a long time. And then that kind of helped me turn things around for myself to get back on track a little bit. Another thing is my other daughter, Allison says, dad, you don't always have to be strong all the time. You don't mm. have to be the strong one. She said, wow. Profound. That, that, oh, that yeah. I melted. I completely had a meltdown at, after that point and um, realized that I don't always have to be strong. God can be strong for us. God can, I can let him do it. I can let other people do it. And for me, that was a huge release yeah. um, to allow other people to help. And I know for Jen, um, that's, that's what was needed. We were, we were at one point, it seemed like we were falling apart. But once we started letting other people help and realizing we can't do it all, I think that was a huge release for us. And that, even after she passed away, I think that's what keeps us together. And, and um, I think in these situations, either you get stronger as a family where you fall apart. And, Absolutely. Um, I was going to ask that, but I'm glad that you touched on that. But because um, that it, could, it is one or the other with those. What was her? I might have missed it when you said, but what was her diagnosis, or do they not know? Her, their best guess was that she had some type of viral encephalitis that caused the seizures. So she got some type of virus, um, and then she started having the seizures after that, and the, the encephalitis, but. To be honest, everywhere they went, everywhere we went, I should say, they didn't really know. They're like, even in Cleveland Clinic, they said this is one of the most rare cases we've seen. So she was like an they, angel. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was her smile that kept us yeah. going through it a lot of times, too. And, um, but what we kind of think, um, we're thinking now, because Brennan, our oldest son, has uh, CVID, which is a common variable immune deficiency. And we're thinking she had some of the same deficiencies. They're, they're a little bit different, but um, we think that could have been a cause to some of the things that happened to her. Because um, Brennan has to get infusions once a month. And there was one time through all this, we had all three kids in a hospital at the same time. And oh, geez. So, yeah. If there was ever a time I was going to break. Yeah, it was then. Yeah. It was going to be then. I came home and I was I was a a mess. I was an absolute mess. Well, you you guys have said a few things, and I didn't want to interrupt or interject because I mean, I, it's so powerful everything you're saying. But I, you know, I'm thinking of a, a couple points of one where your other daughter gave you permission to feel basically by saying you don't have to be the strong one, and yeah. it speaks to how important it is to have other people. I have like voices getting shaky, which I, it's hard to break me emotionally. And it's, um, 
you know, it's, it's, it's so important to have other people around who can also take on, can be the strong one for a moment. And that's why groups like AA work together where they say that we're not, we're all crazy, but we're not all crazy at the same time. And we can hold each other up. And a family unit is very similar to a, an AA group um, mm-hmm. in that sense where we can support each other or NA or whatever 12 step. Um, the other thing that, you know, that's going through my mind is I, I had helped a family at one point do some clinical work with, they had lost their child. And in doing research, because their, their response to, they said to me that they keep hearing everybody say everything happens for a reason. And mm. this disproves that is what, they, what their statement was. And in doing research about trying to understand that, because it, it almost, for me, disproved it. I said, you know what? You might be right. Um, you know, there's a, a theory that, um, and of course, it's a, it's a religious theory or a spiritual theory that, you know, God places people here on earth for a certain purpose in a certain period of time. And when they fulfill that purpose, whether it's to bring somebody joy or happiness, or it's something way down the line that stems from that, they serve their purpose and then they're brought back home. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought that was really beautiful. And I was thinking of that while you guys were talking. Yeah, I truly, yeah, I truly feel Caitlin was a vessel to, to um, guide us to, I mean, in my, to, to, to the Lord, I mean, and I know, or to some type of spirituality, you know, you looked at her and you were changed. I mean, you just saw this love that, I, I can't even explain. Words cannot explain. There was just such a beautiful thing in her that, um, I mean, she was a true gift from God. And I think as parents, we were just so honored to have taken her through this journey here in life. As much as it brings me sorrow, it brings me more joy to know that I I got to be the one to take care of her and to mm. guide her to heaven. You know, Jen, I'm glad you said that because that's one thing that we used to, I used to tell people, I'm like, she just has, she can't talk to you, but she just has such a beautiful spirit about her. And anybody that ever saw her, met her, they, they would tell you, man, I, they were touched by her. It was just, it was, she was an amazing, amazing soul. That's why I like the thought, the word, like it just, the word angel came to me, like an earth angel, as you guys were describing her before. Like she was just like, you know, just placed here for, to be an earth angel for you guys for, to touch your lives in that way. Um, what do you guys do today, you know, or like after and, and continue to do to, to continue to help yourselves through this process? Because it's not something that goes away. And like, how do you see um, you know, how you can be of support to other people through this experience. Jen, you want to take Or how um, you have been, if there's anything particular. You know, I, I think as time goes by, I, I share the story um, to let, know, and, you know, and I do reach out, like, to people. I think I, it's something I can always want to do better. I'm just sometimes more guarded. Like I was very nervous to do this. So it's just like me trying to reach out and tell people my story to know that, you know, A, you're not alone either. I'm here to help. I mean, I kind of felt like as far as knowledge wise, Kale and I were 
on our own because it was such a rare case. But as far as like people reaching out, I tell them, get counseling, go to church. If, if medication something you need, do not, do not leave something out. I don't want people to feel like they're alone because I did that to myself somewhat just because that's, I just sheltered myself, but get out there, get help, talk to people, take the help that is offered. And Kale and I had a hard time with that, but at looking back from day one, we should have opened our doors to that because that's what's going to get you through it. That's what's going to save, help you get the sleep you need, just the balance you need in your life. I think it's I think it's the love in the family. Yeah. It's, it to me it's it's knowing you know God's love as well. You know, and Jen mentioned church. You know, we we um you know we would go to church and stuff once in a while before, but we kind of we're more active in it now. And I feel like it it gives us that release when you're at church. I don't know how to describe it. I guess it's a release to just of letting things go. You know, right. You're not alone. There's something bigger and greater than you. you yeah. Know? You know, Blake, you mentioned AA, you know, you always talk about, you know, you know, let go and let God, you know, and, and kind of, that was a big thing that I learned. If I learned anything from this is that I need to let go of things at times and just let God handle it or let, let somebody else handle it for a second and, and uh, know that, you know, just don't forget what we're the the diamond in yeah. front of you when you're so busy going around trying to fix everything. Don't forget about that beautiful, like you said, Amanda, angel in front of you. And right. um, I don't know. I think that's, like I said before, as far as now, I, we got incredible family. My mom and dad, Jen's side of the family. Our kids are incredible. I mean, they, I mean, as much as we thought we were there to support them, to be honest with you, they're there for us. And uh, Brennan and Alice are both yeah. incredible. So, are isn't someone getting married? Yes. <laughs> yeah, Allison's uh, yes. getting married October nineteenth. So, oh, that's amazing. I know, yeah. so beautiful, and it she'll is be there beautiful. In you know, Caitlin will be there in spirit. Yes, she will. She definitely will. Maybe she was the thing that was kept, you know, because like I'm telling you when, about having you guys come on here, it like kept, I kept coming up, coming up, coming up, thinking about you. But it was like a t it's something that's so, it, I just felt like, how do I even ask them to do it? And I just said, got brave one day. I was like, all right, I'm going to ask them because I think it could help them. And they think it's a message that needs to get out there. So thank you guys for, for walking through that and, and coming on today. We are so grateful for you both sharing so open and vulnerable, you know, just being open like that. Well, thank you, Amanda. Thanks, Blake. I, we appreciate being um, just talking to you. Oh, it, it, yeah, and I really appreciate it. And I thank you for your friendship as well, Amanda. Thank you, guys. You're welcome to come and stay. I'm in the spare room right now recording. So you're well, more than welcome to come <laughs> stay right. in the spare room All right. anytime you want. <laughs> well, Jen, well made me go to, Jen made me go to the other side of the room because she's got short shorts on right now. And and uh, that I couldn't, keep my, I couldn't keep my hands off of her. So. Oh, that's so cute. It's annoying though sometimes, right, Jen? Yeah. <laughs> He's trouble. Yeah. I got that husband too, so. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm going, you're that husband, right? I'm going on my honeymoon yeah. tomorrow, so there'll be plenty of, uh, of that, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> nice. yeah. yeah, have a blast. Oh. 
Well, yeah, there, do you want to tell them about our, our special uh, surprise yeah, there, uh, there is one more thing before we let you guys go. And there's something that we kind of dump on all of our guests. And it's sort of a punishment for not listening to the show in the past. That we do a segment <laughs> of, every, of every episode called Let It Out where we give you an opportunity to let something out right now. And the, the whole premise is that we all have these major adversities in our life that we've overcome, but there are also little minor adversities that happen every day that we have to power through. And a problem shared is a problem cut in half. So we want to give our guests and ourselves an opportunity to let it out. Is there something on your mind today that you just want to just, that's bothering you, that's annoying you, that's frustrating you, anything? And it could be petty. It could be ridiculous. It doesn't. Yeah, matter. I will say this. Kale does not push the chair in at the table after he leaves. It drives me crazy. Yes. You're not supposed to tell people that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure we got all come up with lists like that for sure. Oh, I know. <laughs> My list is probably longer than his because well, he's really put together. No, Jen's absolutely perfect. He <laughs> doesn't like the way I mow the lawn. It doesn't oh, have to be about each other, by the way. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, God. <laughs> list got longer. <laughs> I, I mentioned what's annoying you, and you guys immediately think of each other. <laughs> well, I love it. He's sitting next to me. <laughs> yeah. So, Kale, how about you? I, what do you want to let honestly, out? Honestly, work situations yes. um, that just don't get fixed. Uh, people just... They don't want to accept help and, and, you know, they need to go through it and, and, uh, experience something worse, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I always just tell them, Hey, I'm just here to help out any way I can. And, and, uh, when you see people not reach out, it's frustrating. So I guess going back to what we said earlier, um, in a way I see maybe it was frustrating for other people when we, when we weren't reaching out for help for them from them, I should say. So, but. Well, and I think touching on that, um, marriage, um, recovery, work, it all takes work. It's not a quick fix. If you, if you want a marriage to last, you have to put work into it. If you want something to be permanent and good in your life, it involves work. And my frustration is people just want it to be instant. Nothing is instant. It all takes time and, and nothing good. Um, Nothing you got to invest it in it. And right. so I, I think the, even the, my frustration is, is people just think it's, it's, it's so easy. It's not easy. If you want to stay married and be married, you got to work at it. If you want to have a happy life and, and a prosperous life and, and, and get into recovery and stay in recovery, you got to work at it. So I, I think that's my frustration that, um, that people just think it's, it's just easy. Nothing's easy in life. If, if you want it to be a good life. You got to put your heart and soul and work into it and you will prosper. Well, I'm not saying anything after that. Not, not know. financially, <laughs> maybe. Because <laughs> we're still working on that. <laughs> so, but anyways, awesome. I really thank you guys. Blake, what's your let it out? Um, well, I need everybody here to promise they're not going to tell my wife that I'm saying this and thank God she doesn't listen to this. So, <laughs> so we're packing yesterday for, I, here's how anal I am. So I'm like, let's pack two days in advance, just in case we forget anything. We'll make sure that we have, we can have another day to remember. 
So we're trying to pack yesterday and we're about three shirts in and she's like, I'm tired. I'm just going to do this tomorrow. And then we get to the very end of the packing and there's about, she's like, okay, I just need to pack tank tops and I'm done. I'll do that tomorrow. And I'm like, Chrissy, just, just finish the job. We already started it. And so that, that was a little frustrating for me. And then going home, knowing that, you know, there's still a lot more that has to be done around the house and the cats have to be taken care of and brought to our parents' house. And knowing that that kind of all falls on me, um, you know, it, I granted she has a very tough job and she's exhausted. So I don't mind taking care of her, but yeah. I, it doesn't mean that I can't vent about it. Okay. But do you guys have two different suitcases? Yeah, we have three suitcases actually. And, and okay, so she, you need not to worry about what she's packing. You just pack what you pack. Well, because here's what I'm anticipating though is I'm I'm bringing it like a week in advance. It's a two week trip. In a week, okay. she's gonna be complaining that she's got nothing to wear. So I'm trying okay. to okay. avoid. Yes, I feel it. Argument. Yeah, so yeah, I guess that. It's one of those things where it's you know. The scary part, by the way, that the three suitcases, that two of them are full of my clothes that I, I pack way more than she, I'm like, how are you only bringing a week's worth of jeans? She's like, why do you need 14 pairs of jeans? Yeah, you need like one or two as a girl. I don't know. So <laughs> I have to rotate them. It, it is what it is. So I'm just, I'm just expressing my, uh, okay. my frustration there. I still love her to death. We're newlyweds. There's no, no oh, issue. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. You're, you're a little bit like me. I like to get it done, but I don't pack near as many clothes. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> I can picture you packing. You got like a couple uh, rock and roll T-shirts and then a, yeah. one pair of jeans, and you're good. Well, no. if you ask Jen, it's all Brewers or Wisconsin or Packers stuff. I was just saying, <laughs> you definitely have a Packers jersey in there somewhere. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I get in trouble because I get the, my suitcases always. We have to weigh it before we go to the airport. Oh, mine's yep. gonna be for sure. Yeah. Mine's on the heavy side. Mine for sure. There's no question. I've already, <laughs> I've already just decided that I'm just gonna hand the fifty dollars over when I give them. My- <laughs> <laughs> so, Amanda, anything? What's your let it out? My let out. I, I don't know what's to let it out, but the only thing that's coming to my mind with this topic um, is so I went to the doctor for like you know my physical yesterday. I go over here, and you know I'm at this like same weight that I'm that I like always like go back to and I'm always like trying to like lose this five, 10 pounds and then it comes back and lose five, 10 pounds comes back. And I finally decided yesterday that when he told me like that I had a healthy BMI and I didn't need to lose any weight, I finally like came to, to myself and was like, you know what? I don't give a shit anymore. I'm not going to lose any weight. I don't care. I'm happy the way I am. And, um, I'm healthy. So if I, if my doctor says I'm healthy and I feel good, then what does the number on a scale matter? So that's my, my let it out. I finally felt like I was, I'm proud of you with myself. That's, with not needing really to get five year. more off. You know what I mean? Like make myself crazy anymore. Just be happy with what I have and eat healthy and take care of myself. And I do that. So that's my let it out. That's a good one. That's a really yeah. good one. It is good. I'm good. proud of I you. I was like, Amanda. cool. No more caring about five. Like what am I going to do? It's, I'm, so five to 10 pounds. It's like that, that can happen in a weekend. I'm going to make myself crazy about that continually. That's just stupid. Well, that is by far, uh, we've broke a lot of records on this podcast today. It is our first time having two guests on at once. It's the first time that uh, it, the tears were flowing within about three minutes. This is within also the introduction. The first- and I don't cry easy at all. So oh, 
me either. I mean, uh-huh. even I was getting shaky. And then this is the first time we've gone on this long as well. So a lot of records were broken and it couldn't be for a more deserving couple. So thank you, Kale and Jen, for, for coming on and telling us your story and sharing your, your strength and your hope with everybody. Yeah, we Thanks. love you guys. You're, you're amazing, amazing people. And I'm so grateful to know you both. And please come to Florida in the winter. we will definitely try to plan on that (laughs) thank you guys so amanda again before we go amanda to tell the people what they got to do okay well you have to go and like us i mean not like us yeah you like us on facebook um you have to follow us on instagram and we are on apple spotify and soon to be soundcloud and give us a five-star rating download us um subscribe to us give us five star reviews so that we like, you know, we move up in the ratings. So we really appreciate that. Did I miss something, Blake? Or was that it? If you want to be a guest on our podcast, oh, yeah. go ahead and yeah, yeah, email too. at overcomingadversitypodcast at gmail.com or go ahead and go to our Facebook page, hit that PM button. button. I messed it DM. up. Dang, I was so good for a little bit there. Hit that DM good. button. Hit the DM button. Shoot us a message. Tell us a little bit about your story. We'd love Two that. paragraphs, please. That's it. <laughs> we don't need your, your book. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. (laughs) We appreciate you, Kale and Jen. Thank you again. We love everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you so much. Thanks, guys. guys. See ya.